This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. All right, Kev, we got another wonderful podcast for our listeners uh, today, and the replay starts with a project that you got in the works right now, right? We, are, we finally in the works. We had his wife on a couple weeks ago, and we talked about some Provia siding that we're putting in for the first time. It was a six and a half single Provia siding in granite color. It's a cedar look. It looks like it's cedar. It's a cedar look, yeah. So I am uh, thrilled to do it. I got the product, and we have it pretty much three-quarters of the way installed as we speak, because I just came from his job to the studio. And uh, I said, Tom, hey, look, I want you to get on the, to educate our listeners now that you've physically seen the siding, and let me know what you think. We talked about what they were doing. Now we're making a reality. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, thanks again for coming on Your Valuable Home, because you were on a few times when we were on broadcasting radio. Uh, let's talk about your siding. I mean, that cedar shake is awesome. We love it. And it's just quality siding. And you just realize how bad the old siding was. <laughs> we had water leaking in our living room, never knowing where it came from. And here it was coming from the siding because it was installed improperly. I don't really get excited for home improvements, but I was really excited to get the siding done to shore up the house, insulate the house and stop the water that was coming. And we, we thought it was coming from the roof, but here it was coming from the siding because it was never installed properly. Isn't that wonderful? When you make the right decision about a home improvement and everything's going well, the installation's going well, you love the product. It's just such an energizing feeling. You know what I mean? Amazing. The original siding was probably installed in the 80s, and it was like they always use tan siding. How many tan siding houses? So I was excited to change the color, too. And we have red brick on the house, and the gray just makes it pop, as Kevin Alt likes to say. It just looks wonderful. really does. Can't wait till it's completed. The cedar shake is just a really good choice. My wife went a little top of the line on that, but I'm glad she did. Sometimes you do that one side cedar shake and then you do, you know, the uh, long, you know, strips on the other three sides. But our house is unique because our pool's on the side of the house. You can actually see the side of the house and the front of the house from the pool yard. And uh, that's why she decided to do cedar shake all the way around, which was the right call. She has good taste, especially in that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, so you went cedar all the way around. Yeah, all, the entire all, all house. surfaces, yeah. That's that's a nice look. It's a nice look. It, Phenomenal job they're doing as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we finally have the siding ripped down. So we're finishing up the back. And as I'm finishing up, Dave's like, listen, we have one more side to rip above their porch. Let me just go up and rip the existing siding down. And then uh, so I really had just a couple pieces of capping. And I said, well, I, we've got to get the gutter up. I just want to get the gutter up so we're done. I can call clean up. I heard, blah, 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 blah. I said, what was that? Because I really wasn't there for a lot of the siding removal. Weekends when we started to rip it off, I wasn't there. I said, siding's down. What do you mean? He goes, this whole siding was, there was very rarely any of the nails were hitting the studs. And it just came down on a sheet. So it could have had a, like a hurricane or something like that. It should have taken it off. right off. I don't okay. even know how this stuff had stayed on from the beginning. But uh, yeah, he took it off. So we had worked on just tying everything together right now. But the back of the house is done tomorrow. The right side will be done. And then we finish up the front by the end uh, this week. And we're going to be in great shape. Is Provia, whether it's the cedar or whatever it is, is it easier to install than other brands of siding? Their cedar is definitely easier to install. This is the first time installing it. And I, listen, I launched product for another company uh, years and years ago. And this is the first time I'm doing the Provia cedar siding. And oh my God. But it's easier to oh, install. Oh, well easier. And it's an eight foot long panel. 
So it actually installs a little bit quicker because it's a wider panel with length and I, it's a continuous lock. There's no way after, with other products, you kind of have to fold and interlock and kind of make it, this was easy. You just put it up and go. It's that easy. It installed very easy. It installed quickly. But what I liked about the product, because this is the first time I'm seeing it, it doesn't look plastic. You know, certain products, they look shiny and plastic. Yeah. This doesn't. This looks natural. Tom, in your opinion, what do you think with the siding? Does it look more natural than, you know, the plastic it siding? It looks like wood. It looks like wood from the, you know, from a little bit far away. It's, it's, you got to get real close to it to realize it's, it's not wood. You know, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Really, uh, really did the house justice. I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Everything, everything they do, every product they make, they do it extremely well. Whether it's windows, doors. You know what? It's quality. quality. You know. Top quality. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just so well made and, uh, insulated the house, you know, uh, tightened up the house. We were getting, uh, you know, we kind of live in the woods. Squirrels are trying to get in the attic. Mice, mice are trying to get in. This guy sealed all that up and it, it's just, it's just exciting. You know, it's, it's a whole, it's a, a whole new look, a whole new, you know, and you're done. A whole new house almost, yep. you know? You know what I said to you uh, somebody years ago when I did my house, I did a cedar product years and years ago. And they were asking me, like, that was you your know, old house. Yeah, right? the old, yeah. the yeah. couple of years ago yeah. back. Somebody said, why don't you put white corner posts on the house? And I said, well, listen, th- for the money that we're paying for that siding, because Tom said it, it is, it's a more expensive product, but it's a look that you're going for. I said, I don't want to pull up to my house and say, hey, look at those white corner posts with the siding, because it's the first thing you notice. Mm-hmm. I like that elegant look. And when you pull up, this house now has that elegant look look to it without the white no well it's just trim white but it's just consistent yeah. granted around the entire house right, right. and that's as they were both going for that homeowners when they throw me some suggestions or ideas i just want to make sure that they're they're doing it right and we always try in the best value for it but it was a look that tom and christine they wanted it and as soon as we started getting the product up i knew we had them at hello that's how nice the product was and it takes a little bit of time because you have to get a few walls done to really appreciate how this product's going to look when it's completely up. And now we've achieved it. So, because we're over probably about 60% done the entire house. So, right you're now. wrapping the job now, right? Starting to wrap everything okay. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we prepped everything in time and uh, we're <laughs> ready to rock and roll. But I wanted to bring uh, Tom on to talk about what he's seeing in this product. What's something that grabbed his eye now that the product's up? And that was the big thing I just wanted to ask. Well, him. you obviously went through uh, the points of the product. So, what sold you on that product? Well, we wanted quality. I mean, you know, how many times are you going to side your house? So we weighed it and we waited for, you know, till we could afford the cedar shake. And she, we were going back and forth. We were just going to do the one side. And then we just decided, you know, to do the whole house because it, it is our dream house. It really is. And we're only going to do this once and we're going to do it the right way. And uh, you got to go quality. Yeah, you could do you do something cheaper and do the long strips and, uh, you know, keep it tan. Of course, I didn't want that, but, uh, we, we just wanted to go quality. It's, uh, you know, she, she, she does did that in the kitchen. She has a whole inside is like a rustic look. Kevin knows he did the kitchen. They did the master bath and they did the powder, our, our second bathroom. So, you know, we just didn't want to cut corners. We wanted to do it the right way. And we just did the inside of the house. And I said to her, you know, it's time to do the outside of the house, you know, insulate it better and seal it up and obviously get rid of that water problem, which again, we had, we got a new roof and we still had the water issues. Now we realize why we had the water issues. You know? Yeah, if you cut siding so, short and you leave it right before the flashing, it's it, it's going to happen that way. Because uh, there's a lot of angles on the house, and it brings in a lot of water. So it's very tricky with, with certain angles like this because there's a lot of them. But just to say, continuing on uh, what your wife and I talked about just recently, and I hate to tell this to you, but that privia door we put in, it's black on both sides. So now that the door is installed and the oh, inside. Oh, against the gray? Against the gray? Yes. Oh, it's a lot of curb appeal. It does. It really it, pops. And that's the back of the house. We did the Provia door when we did the kitchen on the side. The Signet series, the one that looks like wood, the Craftsman style. Right. So she wanted a full black door. She loves the door and she says, you know what? I don't think my husband's going to like this too much, but I think we need to redo this laundry room. I said, no, it's a laundry room. You're fine. She's like, no, no, we're going to have to do it. She said, just look, it's painted flooring. I said, why do you want to do it? She said, well, the door looks so good. Because it's all tan in there now and there's a black door. The inside of the door is black. The grids are black. And, they, they, and their doors, too, look like real wood, right? Yeah, this is, well, we did right. a heritage in black, but the, the signet on off the kitchen, ooh, that looks phenomenal. It's a mahogany door, mahogany stain. It 
And that was done six years ago, and it looks like a wood door. Brand, brand new. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The kitchen looks brand new still. And that, that door with the gray siding is just, it's incredible. Looks, It's such a good look. And there is no, absolutely no adequate substitute for top quality. None. There isn't. Yeah. There isn't. You know, like I say, it's our dream house. We're going to be there forever, and uh, we're going to do things the right way. Yeah, you can cut corners, but you got to look at it every day. You, you know, it's uh, it's quality. Quality is so much superior. It's phenomenal. Great yeah, job you, they're doing as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you can see how it's buttoned up tight because we're, you know, I'm the one doing the work, so we can really get into detail exactly what we're doing. But, you know, when I always tell people, listen, sometimes when you get the better product, like if you go with the Cedar Max, which is the double six, the horizontal one that we do a lot of, or doing the cedar that we're doing at the Timber Bay, depending on what product you're using. If you want to save a couple thousand dollars and go with a real cheap product and it's rippling and waving, is that couple thousand no, dollars amortized over 50 years going to be worth it? No, absolutely And that's not. what people just don't understand. Sometimes you got to spend a little bit more, but you got to look at the value of the product that you're looking at because that product is going to last for 50 years. So do it right the first time and be happy. And if it's a few thousand dollars, it might come to pennies a day. That you're really looking at over well, not a 50 only, span. Not only that, it may last 50 years, but if you sell your house, which is it's not a good market right now, but when market bounces back again, you sell your house, you're going to get that that money out of it too because people will recognize the value in the siding and the doors and the windows and everything. I agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. So it's, it's a great investment. It's a smart investment. You get what you pay for, right? Absolutely. Every single time. Yep. Yep. So that's one of the things why we – I didn't really – Give them too much and say, look, you really want to spend the kind of money for it? And she said, this is what I want. If you want it, then I go for it. And it was only, like I said, it's a couple thousand dollars difference between the product lines, but it's a look that you're going for. And if you amortize those couple thousand dollars and it's something you really like, when you drive up every day for the next 40 years you're living there, Tom, are you going to be happy now that you see the product up? Yeah, we're static. We just can't wait till it's the, the front's done. They're working on the front now. And, and again, with the red brick and the uh, gray siding and the black door in the front, black door in the back, the house is coming together. Couldn't be happier. I said this to your wife when we interviewed her. I think it was two weeks ago, yeah. right? I said you're going to want to spend more time outside of the house now so you can drive up all the time and take a look at it, right? Well, like I say, she was right. She, you know, she, she, we went around the whole house and she, she tried to imagine the cedar shake all the way around. And, you know, and, and we're looking at the price, you know, it's a little bit less if you cut, you know, just do cedar shake on the one side, the front side where people could see it from the road. But then, uh, you know, we, we just, we just both agreed that we're not going to cut corners and we're going to do it the right way and we're going to be happy with it. And uh, we're, we're static. Like I said, it's a brand. New, it's like almost like a brand new house. I don't really get excited with the home improvements. I I just kind of look at the bottom line. Cause I'm, <laughs> but I was very excited. I was very excited to uh, get the siding done. Like I said to her, you know, it'll it'll be warmer in the winter. It'll be cooler in the summer. The value of the house will just increase. Brand new house almost. It's awesome. Is that your master bedroom? Because the front window they have a pictured arch window, palladium March window. It's a huge window. The two windows on the side never worked very well. It's very difficult to open and close. And I noticed that uh, your wife has been opening and closing all the windows. And um, she's loving that she can open her master bedroom windows now with these because we put two brand new Pro-V indoor windows in. Yeah, you guys did a good job with that. The old, uh, they were the original windows. I think the house was built in 71. So maybe they added that addition in the 80s, I guess, uh, the original owners. We bought it 10 years ago, so we've been meaning, you know, she, she's been struggling with that window for 10 years. Sometimes I got to open it for her because it would stick. You guys did a great job, and we have those custom lines up. You know, we had those wooden shutters made, to, you know, to give us shade in that master bedroom, uh, even with the big window. So you guys did a great job of, of customizing that window, so now it's so much easier for her to open it and clean it, and, and you know, she just loves that, so... That was a nice touch, and I pre we appreciate that. And the last touch, Dave's idea. This is Dave, Ron. Dave came up with this idea. So when they had that addition. He's, he's, he's good at that stuff. He is. Yeah, he yeah, could be yeah. a decorator, but you it's look amazing. at him, he probably thinks If he was a decorator, he'd scare you. <laughs> but he does a great job with it. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many customers over 24 years. He said, "Now nah, let's do this. Let's do this. And it looks so much better. He's going up against designers, and di designers look at him and go, how do you know about decorating? It's pretty good ideas. So on the side that Tom's yeah. talking about with the the addition that was put on the left part of the roof on, and it was about a foot long, and, and Dave said, why don't we just cut all that roofing off? It's about a foot long pent roof. 
that went up like an A-frame on the side. Look, it looked like a miniature roof coming out of the side of the house. Right. Now that gotcha. that's gone, do you think that's a much cleaner look? Amazing. It looks like one continuous house. Yeah, so they added the, they added, it used to be a garage, so then they added, you know, living room downstairs, and then they built the master bedroom upstairs. They built a second floor. 71, when they built the house, must have been like a rancher. So in the 80s, they put the top floor up, and they kept that little piece. So it looked like a house on top of a house, almost, you know? And Dave looked at it, and Kevin looked at it, and they go, you know, that's wasted space. Um, you know, why don't we just cut that off, and we'll side it straight up, so it'll look like one continuous house. And it's an amazing. It just gives it a whole new look, you know? That addition I went I never away. I realized that it was, you know, how, how great it was going to look without that one-foot uh you know roof we had like a double roof if you will it's why like was a it house. there in the first place because they were lazy huh. they just decided yeah. to go right over i think it. they had hmm. uh, they had a family member who was their contractor and i you know i don't know if the guy was you know a professional maybe just did it on the side but he he did a lot of stuff in the house that wasn't up to code as kevin can tell you <laughs> i think that was one of them i think you're right it just was too much work to take that little piece of uh roof yeah. off but Dave and Kevin looked at it and said, that's, that's wasted space. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 10 years. I was like, yeah, now that you mention it, it really is. You know, sometimes so you got to sold it off and, uh, sided over it and it looks great. Insulated and sided over. It looks amazing. Bottom line is that you're doing this once. And if it's something that looks out of place, we wanted that house not to look like an addition that was put on. We wanted to make it look like it was right. one continuous house. Yeah. So if you need to spend a little bit more work and time to do something to do it right. So the homeowners are happy then do it. It wasn't. It was like a half a day. Dave had that thing all ripped out. Well, I would imagine that uh, you're in a neighborhood where the houses were built in the 70s, right? Right. So it, it's kind of, it's it's all unique. Some are ranchers. Our house sits way back, you know. Uh, so that's why the pool's like on the side of the house. And that's why you can see this, you know, the, the front of the house from the pool yard. And you can see the side. We have an enclosed porch there where the pool is. We have an in-ground pool, but we spend a lot of time out there in the su in the summer. And, you know, that's where she said, let's go Cedar Shake all the way around. And I sat out there. We actually sat out there and look, imagined what it would look like. And I said, you know what? You're right. We can't Smart cut move. corners. Let's, let's just do it the right Smart way. Move. And you got so, a house now. You got a house now that if, if you do ever choose to sell, it doesn't sound like you're going to do, but if you do, you got a house. It's not a seventies house in the seventies development. So it's, it's going to, it's going to really pop, really stand out in somebody's mind, you know, they come and look at it. Yeah, it, it took us 19 years to get to get there. We lived in the city for 19 years, and then we bought it in 2012 when the Catholic school closed in the city. The kids were small. And I'm from Bucks County originally, so it was like going home to me. She'd never been in the uh, suburbs. So uh, she's, you know, she just, she found this house on in line. We bought it with no disclosure. And when we did that, we, we, we inherited a lot of problems. Obviously I looked at that as, as a money pit. She looked at it as you got to have vision. And this is, this is, this has been her project for 10 years. A vision costs and, money. Uh, that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> so. but, it, but the sounds like money the, uh, wisely. The spent outside though. was mine. I was more excited for the outside than she was. And that, and that's, that's where we're at now. And I, I couldn't be, we couldn't be more happy. It's I'm glad we didn't cut corners and I'm glad. We got the cedar shake. I'm glad we got the quality siding. Makes a big it's, difference. It's, you do it one time. Yep. Do it the right way. Yeah, and you're done in my lifetime, so we're, we're good to go. But, Tom, we do appreciate you spending a little time talking about that Provia siding we put up. And uh, we'll get you on for the final once we have everything done so we can post the pictures on our social media platform with our Instagram at Your Valuable Home and Facebook Absolutely. at Your Valuable Home. You got Home. the shots. You got the shots. I've right? got all the okay. finished shots coming yeah, up. Yeah, so listeners, look out for them. Kev. Our story. I'm looking at your notes, and it says another award-winning. It's got to be quotes. <laughs> award-winning contractor <laughs> got caught in a lie on social media. Who caught this person? I uh, that'd be me. Okay, right. I wanted so, to know what award. There hasn't been an award. You're on duty. Out. You're on duty. Well, all I want to do is protect everybody across America. Now, social media is fine. I'm not like I said. I'm not here to tell you what you should and should not do. But if you're lying, that's a problem. And by lying is that. He's a award-winning contractor, so I started writing back and forth. Can you explain the is that award what it said that you want? Is, yeah, uh, award-winning. Yeah. In what? Facebook? Uh, it was one of the social media okay. platforms. All right. So I said, well, give me the award that you want. I'd like to check it out. And he's from Pennsylvania. 
Then I went to the next step. I said, hey, look, it's been great that you at least been servicing the community for 22 years. Can you send me your HICPA license? Because I couldn't even get a HICPA. I'm still having trouble. He's not, he, he didn't want to do that, right? If you're servicing for 22 years, you just got your license six months ago. But he didn't want to do that. Did, did he want it? Did, was he standoffish about that? Oh, well, they all get upset with me. Then I start getting the messengers coming in and saying, hey, you know, why are you doing this to me? One guy's going, why are you being personal? I said, it's not personal. This is not personal. This is just me explaining to homeowners that you're lying to them. Want to give homeowners a fair shake. So if you hire somebody based upon 22 years of service in the community, but you've just been in business for six years, and if you go a little bit further, guy looks like he's maybe 35 years old. So he's been doing construction since he was maybe 12 to 15 years old. Everybody has to be very aware of who you're hiring. The problem is, is that every, new companies can open up very easy. You pay $51 in the state of Pennsylvania and you have to have a breath. And then you have to say, hey, have you been sued before? Well, if you started a brand new company, you're probably not going to have any of these problems. Or you shut down and you open up a new name. Right. So these are some of the things you can bypass a lot of this because the law really doesn't protect homeowners here. It more or less protects the bad contractors because it gets, them, gets away from uh, some of the things that they could do, which then they'd bring it onto the, the consumer, and then the consumer gets ripped off. But if it's a minimal amount, are you going to go to court over $2,000? Now these people have to spend another $2,000 or rip out further material, and then it's going to cost them five to 6000 additional dollars. So that's the point I'm trying to get at. If you don't hire somebody from the beginning and you get suckered into this social media frenzy, if you go to anybody across the country, look at the social media feed, check your social media, these people that are advertising. Number one, the good contractors... Do not advertise on social media. Now, Grant, I'd take me out You're of the probably equation. getting a lot of business through uh, referrals. referrals. Most, yeah, yeah. So that's the first question. You're going to hire somebody just based upon that. And how many shows have we've done recently talking about the insurance fraud scams? Hey, you have hail damage and uh, we're the perfect company to do it. We're the experts. We've been doing this for three months and I slept at a Holiday Inn. So we're really in good shape to give you the Holiday best. Holiday Express. Oh, I keep forgetting that. The mm -hmm. Express part. Mm -hmm. That makes them just a little bit smarter. <laughs> so this is the thing. So I was, and I just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And it was just lie after lie. And I said, well, listen, the award, I still want to get back to this award. Can you tell me the award? I just want to know the award. They're, it just got silent at that point. But I, I mean, I was checking a few of my manufacturer and people that I know and say, is there any awards that are going? No, there's, there's nothing going around here. The only awards that the people have, like around in this area, they have the best in bucks. And you know how you get picked in the best in bucks? You push a button. Box being in southeastern Pennsylvania, yes. correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's the best by pushing a button. It's more of a popularity contest. But don't you think some people today are still like, well, they, they're, they're pretty good. They got a they got an award. They, they've yeah, got well, to be good. well, that's why those things exist, because they work. People people are influenced by them. Uh, a certain type of person is influenced by them. Somebody takes pride in saying to his neighbor, well, we picked an award-winning contractor, right? <laughs> <laughs> neighbor's not even going to think to ask what award the guy won, right? Because most people wouldn't care about it, right? Um, uh, unless yeah. it's a big deal. Unless it's a big deal. Yeah, there hasn't, there's been nothing out in the past 10 years that I know of that's where they actually come and look at your workmanship. Like years ago and years I never ago. Heard. Was, I've yeah. never heard of it, no. So that, that's what I always try to ask. And again, I'm not here to badmouth. I'm just here to make sure that you're giving a fair shake to the homeowners and not lying to them because in the law in Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to lie to somebody. You can't lie to somebody. And I was telling people, yeah, we're on the magazine cover of Fine Home Building. My foreman's on the September 2006 Dave, and I'm on the, and this. And people are like, nah, no, you're not. And I said, well, listen, for me to try to sell you, because it sounds really good, if I'm selling you this by lying by deceit in the state of Pennsylvania, they're, they're going to come after you. So why would I lie? So then I said, no, I said, pull your phone up, and you pull the pictures up. I, I Just look at it yourself. Uh, you know, hey, we're doing a podcast. We've been on the radio, and you have? I said, well, you can just pull everything up. And this is where we've been. Google's. Yeah. So if you do that, you can kind of see where we're going at. But listen, we have nothing to lie about. We've been a staple of the community for 33 years that I've been doing business. So everybody knows it's, it's referral. I don't advertise. If you want to advertise, that's all completely up to you. I'm not here to tell you your business. I just want to make sure homeowners are protected from people like you that are lying. Because now let's take it another step further. RB you had that conversation with the guy? Oh, I'm having a what, great what conversation. Did, what did he say? What did he say? After I asked a question, no. I asked another question. Here's one of the, I asked him, I said, simple. You're an award-winning roofing contractor. This is great. You're doing it right. Correct. Then can I come to your job while you're doing work? Maybe one of your other jobs that you did prior already. Give me your place you buy the shingles from so I can get the addresses myself. And I'll come to your job. And let's go through all these points that we talk about on the show. 
and see if you did all these correct steps, the flashing, the ice shield done correctly, that are done to the specifications that I require, because that's the best. Doing the minimal C three and a half over the drip edge on areas where there's a lot of ice proning in the wintertime is not going to stop ice damming. It can slow it up. It'll help during certain applications, but it's not the perfect overall cure. So why don't you do it right the first time? Well, you know, you don't really need to do that in certain applications. No, you do need to do that because people don't want to have these problems. So can I look at your work? Nope. Can I come see your job? Nope. <laughs> Everything's nope. Then it got quiet. And so what I usually well, do is... At least he knows how to say nope. Yeah, that was... So then he started getting a little bit personal saying some things to me. And I said, well, listen, I'm not here, again, to badmouth you, but just be honest. Be upfront and honest with people because if you're lying right now, you're going to be lying to the consumer. If you lie to the consumer... And then after we... This is the end conversation. So... It's a family-run business. I saw that. Who are your employees? Who are the guys doing the work? Can I come out and take a look at that? Nope. So he didn't respond to that one. But these are the things that I always talk about with certain people is that if you, you're going to lie from the beginning, you're going to lie at the end. But roofers today, oh, my God, I tell you, I've, I've seen so many roofers, so many jobs that are done wrong, bad, that I don't even know why they're in business. But we will never, ever, ever mention any names. We talk about the generically about the uh, the bad, bad jobs, but we never, never mention names. I, I'm not, well, I'm not here to badmouth. We're here to educate right, consumers. Exactly. Exactly. And roofing is one of the biggest. Uh, you talk about the scum of the earth. What I always say doing it because they're ripping homeowners off left and right. I'm surprised you still have all your tires on your. Car. I know. I know. But it's, again, I'm here to do the job right. How hard is it to do the job right? You see a roof. You pull the flashing off. This was one of the comments. Well, the flashing was in great condition. Does it? I said, does it say in your contract you're going to be replacing the flashing? Well, never got back to me. I'm sure he said no, but uh, if it's in your contract, shouldn't you be replacing it? Nope. It looks good. <laughs> now, it doesn't look good. These homeowners are paying for it. So do it right the first time. I'm telling you, I, I have never had somebody come on the show and say, hey, Kevin, you know, you don't need to do that. Just because you have holes in it, it's a little bit of split open to the side. We can reuse that again. No, the number one leak, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. I love to have a roofer come on. Number one leak of all shingle problems is the flashing. The areas where the flashing has got to be properly installed. It's not the shingle itself. I very rarely had maybe one out of a million. It's the shingle that had failed. I very rarely see that, but it's the flashing. They leave the existing flashing in. There's holes in the existing flashing. And then what I always tell people. So where it. the water comes through. It, exactly. Right. And if you're leaving the flashing there, there's still older roofs. The older roofs today were five-inch shingles, standard shingle. These new shingles, a lot of them are metric, which is five and five-inch inch exposure. It gives you more of that authentic cedar look, you know, the architectural look. So at that five and five-eighths, if you keep the same flashing down where that's nailed in, there's that one point that you're going to find that five-eighths, five-eighths, five-eighths. Once you get to that five-inch, when you add five-eighths up, you're going to have a gap in the step flashing. So you're going to have to pull it anyway. So why not do it from the beginning? Put new flashing on because these roofs today are going to last for 50 years. So why would you want to put it? I know it's aluminum, which will last, but it still has holes you in it. You mean the shingles will last for 50 oh, years? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Even aluminum flashing lasts. And I get it. I understand it. But when that nail, that flashing still nails from the beginning, because it's usually nailed up on the deciding area if it doesn't get down at the bottom, you still have areas where that, that flashing can't be moved. So it's already nailed. So now some just nailed on the face of the shingle above the keys where the nail line is on the shingle. You don't see it. But that's where the seal of the shingle goes. So if you're not ripping that apart, number one, then you're not going to be able to adjust that piece of flashing. Number two, when you do rip it, you have a big hole in that piece of siding and that step flashing. So you're going to keep that flashing that's got a hole that's not going to be in another area where you're going to put the same nail in. Mm -hmm. That's the point we try to get at. So that nail is going to be creeping up along that piece of flashing. I don't want a hole in my flashing. So if you're not going to do it right, why do the job? So that's what we're trying to do is protect homeowners that just because you get a low price doesn't mean it's going to be, good, be the greatest thing. And I don't want you coming on the show and having these same problems. Another horror story. And listen, stick with us because uh, last week we had Mark Ferber from the uh, Bucks County DA's office on to talk about contractor scams and absolute ripoffs. This week, Mark is going to be joined by Mike Bannon from Bucks County Consumer Protection. Protection. You and I have been talking about this a lot. There's a lot going on out there today. I think it's being fed by technology and the, and, and the bad guys know understanding of technology. But there's every scam you can possibly imagine going on out there today. So you're going to want to listen to this next segment in our podcast today. All right, we'll be back after we take a quick break. Our sponsor, Provia, takes great pride in combining their state-of-the-art technology with old-world craftsmanship to deliver 
superior products for the exterior of any home. Personalized care on every order. So true and so apparent with their newest product, metal panels that have the texture and look of cedar shakes or slate. They come in four colors per style. Their shakes and slate can give any home sort of a rich look. And now you can get that look in Provia metal panels. That's news. That's big news. Provia stamp panel metal roofing is manufactured with 20 gauge recycled steel built to withstand 180 mile per hour winds and cover their Provia way with a limited lifetime warranty. In other words, Provia metal roofing is one and done, right, Kev? It's the last roof you'll ever need. You got it. I love Provia doors, windows, siding, stone, and now metal roofing that doesn't have that industrial look. Provia makes everything it takes for that perfect home exterior, and they're always in tune with the trends and choices, profiles, colors, and finishes that homeowners love and make contractors like me look good. Learn more about Provia metal panels. Go to Provia.com, click the product tab, then roofing. That's Provia.com, then product, then roofing. Hey, Ryan, now I think it's time for the feature segment. I think we got the guys coming back from Bucks County, one of my two favorite guys. We absolutely, these guys do a great job, and there's so much to talk about these subjects. Last week, we got into scams that are brought about by contractors and scams and absolute shakedowns with Mark Ferber from the Bucks County DA's office. And uh, Mark is back today and joined by Mike Bannon, director of Bucks County Consumer Protection Weights and Measures. Today, we're talking about those super annoying... (laughs) Get, you get them every day. I get them every day. Super annoying telephone scams that everyone complains about, as well as scams that come to us via the U.S. Postal Service. You get them all the time, right? Uh, I don't. I must get ten a day. That's it. I get that in the first hour. <laughs> it's crazy. Mike, welcome back to your valuable home. Am I uh, correct in assuming that technology, that's my my belief, has made it easier for for uh, telephone scam artists to practice their trade today? Frankly, I think three scam. I got three scam calls while I was preparing for this interview. It's unreal. Yeah, well, first, guys, thank you for having me back again. It's always good to to be on your show. And yes, to answer your question, unfortunately, uh, with technology, we've seen a a rise in all sorts of scams, whether it's the telephone scam that they use, robo-dialing machines or text message scams. They've really risen significantly in the past few years. One of the downsides of technology, there's a lot of good stuff, but with it being the downside. It's interesting, and I'm going to see if I can get copies of this for you guys. AARP, with their uh, magazine, just did this whole expose on this stuff. Talked about how the scammers get your telephone information, your computer information, and all that stuff. And I'll check into this, and I will pass anything I find out on to you and to our listeners as well. That'd be great. Yeah, it was like page after page after page, and some of this stuff is, is, is what we're going to talk about. The, some of the other stuff is more creative, too. It's unbelievable what they're doing. So anyway, is there a national tally of how many people lose money to telephone and mail scams annually? Well, the best source for that would be the Federal Trade Commission. And there's so many different scams you'd have to to add it up. I'm sure it's in the trillions of dollars, though, when you put all the scams together. But they do track certain scams out there, the Federal Trade Commission, that that we can kind of put a dollar amount. But, you know, for every dollar we know about, we know there's victims that haven't reported the crime. So we, we suspect it's higher than any number that's reported anyway. My guess is that, especially with older people, of which I'm one, but I'm, I'm a more you're there. tuned in uh, older person. Um, Me and you both. <laughs> but I, I think with older people, they probably don't report it because they don't even know they've been scammed, right? Well, you know, it's gotten much better. I mean, we try to educate folks out there, but certainly seniors are, are targeted quite a bit for a couple of reasons. They're, they're home and uh, technology is new. So, yes, certainly seniors have been targeted um, and, and the apprehensiveness with technology, which I have too, I understand, uh, makes it scary for folks. And that's why scams like the uh, computer repair scam works so well uh, with seniors because of our lack of ability to, to kind of uh navigate through that stuff so they do take advantage that actually happened to me once and somebody took down my machine they were calling me to sell me something took it down and then they called me back and said you have a problem with your machine another ransom one wow what a coincidence (laughs) that is right (laughs) just send them money and they only wanted 99 dollars to fix it too so i said goodbye I just took a call yesterday from a woman 
that had the exact same thing. She got a, the, a computer repair scam. Something popped up on her screen. They said, call the 1-800 number. She called the 1-800 number and she gave him a credit card. But oh, what boy. they did, that was very uh, to, to do what she did. What they did is they said the credit card was the transaction wasn't happening. So they asked her for another credit card and she gave that to them. And of course, the scam artist charged on both cards right away. So they are very clever out there. And it happens all the time. Very clever and very persuasive. A lot of them are very persuasive, too, if you listen to them. I try not to listen to them, especially if you get that delay when you pick up your phone. Because oh, yeah. sometimes it looks like it could be a number or somebody legit who's calling you. Because I call people all the time, you know, for interviews and that kind of thing. And you pick it up. And But as soon as the, le- the delay is there, you know. Oh, I get it all the time. Usually, the first thing I say is, hey, how are you doing? Uh, do you want my credit card number, social security, or my driver's license number? <laughs> Which one do you want first? And they hang up right away. They know at that point. Oh, Lord. Okay, so um, what would you say are the top five or so phone scams and the top scams that come through the mail? I'll throw out one that is particularly annoying to me. Um, Tina, or whatever her name is, keeps calling from Amazon to inform me that my card has been used to buy an iPhone for $900. Do you know about this one? Absolutely. So that's probably the most common one lately is the Amazon scam uh, for delivery. So very common, unfortunately. I, I probably got her name wrong, Tina, because I'm, I'm furious when I get this thing. Do people go for this? They do. Uh, actually, that's a very, you know, when their scam is kind of new and, and a lot of people do fall for that stuff, uh, that happens. And that's one of them. But the other one that people, they, a lot of folks have gotten calls on their phone saying you can lower your credit card interest rates is, is a big one. Uh, oh, yeah. That happens all the time, and we all get that. The other one is uh, your home warranty services or your extended car warranty. Uh, you know, if you're getting calls or solicitations like that, something's wrong. They really don't know your car warranty is up or whatever it may be. Uh, so our advice always is don't answer the phone if you don't know who the number is from. You know, I've, I've been getting this car warranty thing uh, over and over and over again. And whoever's doing this has got to go back to scam school because <laughs> they don't have their act together. I've been getting calls about an Audi A3 that I got rid of six years ago. Calls and mailings. It's got to cost them a fortune to do that. Yeah, well, usually what I get is they said your account, we're looking at your account and your car uh, warranty's up. So when you get on the phone with them, like, all right, well, what account number do you have? What car do you have? They, well, we don't they, have any they, idea. Well, they know I had an A3. They know it's a, it, they have a picture of an A3. That's an insider thing. right there to, for them to figure that Maybe out. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's I got rid of the car six years ago. That 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 might just be a shady company. Now, I'm not going to say a, a total scam company. I don't like what they do. But there are legitimate companies that troll uh, the, the car purchases out there and sell not very good products of car warranties too, which just make it a cloudy uh, cloudy thing for everybody. But I suspect that that's a legitimate company that contacted you that knew about that car, but not a product I would have recommended you bought. Oh, no, no, no absolutely not. I mean, I'll give you another car thing, and I'm going to ask you if, if this is common. I got a new car two years ago. It was Mercedes, a smaller, smaller Mercedes, C300. Right after I got the car, I started getting these traffic tickets from, from a couple different authorities in New Jersey. I got a total of about 15 of them. And I, I called them up and I said, you, you got pictures of this car, right? This is a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I don't have a Jeep, <laughs> Jeep Grand Cherokee. What the heck is going Is that another one? Is that a con? I don't know. I, it sounds like it might have been something else. I'm not aware of that one. I'd have to look into it. I suspect the DMV had plates mixed up or something. I, it doesn't sound like something different to me, but I'm not sure. No, it was my. It was the identical plate. So somebody in the dealership or somebody who makes the plates has got to be. They have a little side side business, business going. Yeah. yeah, that could be. So you're right. So it, that, that's a good one. I don't know the detail, but that that's interesting and, and scary. Well, here's one thing I have for both of you guys. All these scams that are going out. Well, I'm just saying somebody out there that maybe has a problem with their, say, their credit card or, or something that's legitimate. How do they know mm-hmm. really to get into uh, trying to figure out what it is? I mean, you, you hear the scams, but what if there is a problem? Because something came up about like one of the uh, local taxes and they were asking me. So I actually called my accountant and said, you want to check into this first? I don't want to give any information is out. Tax thing? Yeah, tax it was a tax okay. thing I have on here. And they, they she sent me an email. But I, before I even go any further and give any information on it, I want my, my accountant to look at it. 
but but how do I know? And then he told me, yeah, it was legitimate. It was just because we changed accountants a couple of years ago. One of my guys retired. But how do you know? Is there certain ways that we can tell? Is there, you could give our listeners best advice to say, yes, uh, there are certain ones that are real out there. What's the best plan of attack to do that? I'll run with that one again, Mark, if that's okay with you. Uh, I think you did well on that, that, the one that you got. You got to go back to the original source and verify. So if you get a text message from, let's say, a credit card saying that there's been a purchase on your account and you happen to have that kind of credit card, a Visa, MasterCard, uh, don't follow the links. Don't follow what they're asking you to do, but go to your Visa, your Master, your credit card, look at the 1-800 number on the back and call them directly directly. Call your bank directly. Don't follow the path that they're trying to get you to go down to confirm it. I think that's a great question. Um, and I think that's what folks need to do. You need to verify an alternative way. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I agree with that, uh, with what Mike said. I'll say that, uh, Kevin, you, you make another great point, which a lot of these recent scams that we're seeing are, are tax related. Um, so you'll see uh, robo calls or uh, fake phone calls or, or um, emails from that purport to be from the IRS. Oh yeah. And one of the things you want to do is look very carefully at the emails or listen to the calls very carefully. You will probably notice some grammatical errors, spelling errors. You will see on your caller ID something pop up similar to the IRS, but it might not say internal revenue service it may say internal revenue agency or if it's uh, for example the social security administration it'll say ssa or social security agency not administration but these are the little things that you want to look for in determining whether these are legitimate because there's always some hole if you take the time to look at it carefully before jumping into it and responding quickly never immediately respond. You want to take a break and Google is your friend to Google these scams and try to figure out what's going on out there. You're absolutely right. Answering the phone today is like walking through a minefield in World War II. You know, you got you to be careful about every footstep. I sent both of you the scam du jour. It is from uh, Best Buy from the Geek Squad. Do you remember that? Yes. Frank's shaking his head. He got it too. You didn't go for it, did you? I love those calls. I always keep them on the phone as long as I can. Oh, I, 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 totally, I, I, I pray for those calls. So anyway, this one, here's another one where the person needs to go back, not only to scam school, but go back to uh, uh, Grammar 101 because it, everything that you're talking about was in this thing. And they said they have just... They have just re-upped me for my Geek Squad uh, for uh, for next year, only, only $413. And if I have any questions, call so-and-so. So I tried to call the number because I was going to chew them out. The funny thing is you can't get through on the number. It's, un it's unbelievable. So what are they trying to accomplish with this? My guess is that number was already shut down by the time you called it. These numbers are burner numbers, a lot of these scam artists, and they're only in play for uh, a short time. My guess is in that situation, by the time you called back, that number was already shut down. But what are they looking to get? They, they want somebody, they want you to call up and verify your name, rank, and serial number, your credit card, and all that, because there were a lot of numbers on this thing. None of them matched anything that I have. I tried to talk to this person. I said, look... This doesn't make any sense to me. You don't have my credit card number. You don't have my bank number. Goodbye. And then I tried to call the number. I couldn't get through. Well, as we're speaking, I just sent Mike my, that email that was sent when you say about the wrong name. They have my wrong company name down. VZP. <laughs> and so I just sent it, you that. It, thank you. I see it's coming in here. <laughs> I, I, it's amazing to me. And Mark brings up a good point. These scam artists are very, very clever but they always seem to make spelling mistakes, which is not so clever. And that Absolutely. is certainly a, a clue you can always look for. I, I see it so often that there's mistakes in the documents that professionals wouldn't do. Certainly the first clue that you can look at there. But whenever somebody calls you, emails you, and asks you for personal information or to open up your wallet or purse for some reason, that's the time to stop and pause and think about, am I doing the right thing here? Well, Mark put my mind at ease when I when he said the spelling was wrong because they spelled my name several times wrong in the email. And I, <laughs> I, maybe you should be spelling your name that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I never get upset about this because I am th thorough with paying my taxes. Absolutely thorough. When this came out, I was going, wait, I don't, I don't know about this. Let me look into this. But I, 
Like, if you can take a look at that just for yourself to make sure that this up and up. Maybe they did spell it wrong, but, I mean, they had a good, good bit of information, as you can see, about me on there. So that's why right. I wanted to just stop, hold back, and then just do a verification on this. Well, maybe we should talk about I'm looking at it. We should, do, we should talk about that. It might have some legitimacy here. Okay. Another scam du jour, one that this keeps popping up with me, I guess because of my age, right, is you see this message on the phone. It says medical assistant, right? Medical assistant. So you get these people on the phone, and they must have a lot of offshore people who are using VoIP, voice over internet protocol, who right. have thick accents. Anyway, I say, hi, this is Ron Milk. Uh, what can I do for you? And I say, what are you talking about? I have no clue. If you're on, if you're on the phone to sell me something, you need to know what the heck to say. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't understand what you're saying. So it's the medical system is they want to help you get all the benefits you deserve. You, do you know that? You know about that one? Yes. Yeah. Is, is that? I mean, there's legitimate ones that do that too. And, and unfortunately with medical stuff, there's, there's scam ones, just like in home improvement contractors, there's some good ones and some shady ones. Touché. And, and uh, you know, this, it's the same thing with this medical billing. There's some services that will help you legitimately pick the right service, but the ones that call you or solicit you to do that, I uh, way red flag on it. It's the, you know, you shouldn't, you should pursue that. They shouldn't be pursuing you when it comes to these things absolutely the ones the ones that tr pursue you and can't speak properly you should have two red flags on there right <laughs> that's right so you should be careful right if they don't know what you're saying to you so that that's a problem too uh, however i have to say guys and you know when you speak to scammers on the phone and you talk to them even when you know they're scammers you're certainly increasing the amount of scam calls you'll get in the future uh because they have a talker list and so they take that phone number that you called from and whatever information and they post it on the dark web. And uh, unfortunately, other scam artists will buy that information and call back and try to scam people again. So uh, words of caution, my advice is not to talk to any of them and not to answer the phone or even play with them. So as soon as you pick your phone up, they can track you? I think so. As soon as you answer your phone to, for a scam artist, because they know your phone number is real then. So it goes on a list of real phone numbers that they might call back later. But somebody that they talk to on the phone and actually have a conversation is more valuable to the scam artist because they know they have what they call a talker. They sell the talker list on the dark web, which is people mm. that will actually discuss things on the telephone. Then even worse, there's the victim list, is if you've fallen victim to a telephone scam, they put your information up because you're more likely to fall victim again for it, and you'll get increased amount of scam calls and, and pressure that comes in, unfortunately. Well, you know what I always think about is that maybe about a year ago, when you see the name under this, so my phone will tell you what part of the country you're coming in or say scam likely. Now they're coming in local. I've noticed over the past three months. Well, there's, that a, there's a technique to that, isn't there? There is. It's spoofing yes. is what they yes. do, right? So there, you can spoof for free online. It's really easy to do, but it basically tricks caller ID. And at first, the, the scam artists who are most of the time outside of the United States, sometimes in the United States, started using numbers that you may respond to hospitals or stuff. But they realize that if they can get a local area code, that people will be a lot more likely to answer that call. And so they started spoofing local phone numbers. Well, that's my problem, you know, because I call people all the time to invite them on the show and everything. And some of those numbers look like numbers I've called. I mean, you can't catalog all those numbers in your head. I might make 50 calls a no. week. And uh, and I, I end up picking it up. And then as soon as, you know. You got spoofed. I, I got spoofed. <laughs> uh, as soon as I realize, I, I put the phone down. I'll just say goodbye, you know. I know what you're doing. Goodbye. Have good luck. God bless you. And put the phone down. I often wonder about this one. Are some of the police drives, you get calls from different police organizations. I, I am from all over the country. Hi, we're conducting our drive. Can you give $50? Are some of those things not real? Mark, you want to run with that? Sure. I mean, I think uh, my best advice on that is if you have a certain charity 
you know, that you want to donate to or a certain uh, uh, police organization, I, I would say to deal with them directly. I mean, uh, my advice would be never to take a phone solicitation call or, or uh, give any of your personal information to anyone that calls you directly. And there's all kinds of websites. You can go pick the organization you want to donate to. That's how you do it. But Mike, you might have a different viewpoint on this, but I don't think uh, nowadays it's worth it to just trust a, a cold call uh, from anyone, uh, you know, that, that purports to be soliciting from a charity. And I would say, Mark, you hit the, the nail on the head on that one. Mm-hmm. I think when you get a solicitation, whether it's from the, the police department or from anywhere, you, you definitely need to do your homework. There's a great website called CharityNavigator.com uh, that you can go to to see the legitimacy of any kind of charitable organization. However, the police thing can be a little bit different. So we tell folks if you want to donate to your police department, like Mike Mark said, do your homework. Go to, down to your local police department and say you want to make a donation. Don't do it from a telephone call to your house. Go touch base with the police and see what your local police and see what they would like you to do if you want to donate to the cause. My rule of thumb on that is that I give to the police departments where I have either rental properties or where my private residence is. And that's what I do because you can, you can ask them questions that will validate them. And that's all I do. Yeah. I will not give to anybody who's. How about the old days when you're? Because they still do that on Ocean City. When I go down there, they have uh, uh, the fire department with their boots, and they're collected at the traffic light going to the Ocean City. And I know the guys because they're always driving by the house, so it's really cool to see that. I mean, that's the old way of doing it, the old school of doing it. But yes. I think all the phone calls today, I, I mean, scams, they're just everywhere. Nobody's going to trust anybody. But there's a good way to build trust up. You're saying, well, for the police or the fire department or EMT services, I mean, people be feel more uh, bleeding heart to go that route. But uh, you're right. I, I, I would still be cautioned on what to do and just listen to you guys and find the best way that's going to be able to, to do it in a safe manner. I happen to know for an absolute fact there is no police organization in the entire country that gets donations via the telephone, period. No local precincts. Yeah, I, I buy no that 100%. Police benevolence aside, none of that stuff. PBA, FOP, none of them in the entire country solicit donations through the phone, period. All right, so we talk about the police drive frauds. I must get, well, I I talked about medical benefits too. In terms of sheer volume, how many of those would you say are real and how many are not real? And what are they trying to, are they trying to sell Medicare Advantage? Boy, that's a a tough question to answer. I can tell you very few are real, I think. I I don't think that a lot of these blue sea commercials, but I don't think a lot of solicitations. I'm going to take a wild guess and say 10% are legitimate. 90% are are scams when when it comes to that call for medical benefits on that. So, again, though, there are legitimate companies. I don't know of them calling you uh, on the phone to, to solicit, like we talked about the police department. I just don't think that happens. Well, we talked about a whole bunch of scams that are out there. Mark, in your professional opinion, are you convicting any of these local scam artists? Well, we definitely investigate cases where people have been legitimately victimized. So if, if they have put out money, um, you know, pursuant to one of these scams, they've been taken, we'll look into it. That's the hardest part of it, is being able to track these scam artists down and move through the layers of determining where they're calling from, where they're sending the emails from, how many layers are involved. A lot of times, these perpetrators are overseas. They're not even in the United States. Once you have been scammed, it is very, very difficult to prosecute someone, to be able to put together a case, to be able to identify an individual that can be brought into a court of law. Well, especially if they're offshore. Yeah, so that's... Exactly. Right. And they know that. The scam artists absolutely take advantage of that fact that's out there. So being uh, using spoofing devices, robo-dialing machines, and being outside the United States uh, has really made a big difference. The good news, uh, if I could just share, is that there's a recent movement from... Uh, all 50 states, the attorney generals for each state to uh, put some pressure on the telecommunication companies to uh, fix this problem. And I, it's a glimmer of hope for me. It's something I've been hoping for for a long time, that they'll be able to take action against some of the companies. I do think there are things that can be done to prevent a lot of the scam phone calls that are going through and text messages. We just need to take action. Aren't the telecom companies then, if they don't do anything about this and they know about they obviously know about it, aren't they complicit in it? 
One can definitely argue that, but uh, legally, certainly under the laws of Pennsylvania, I don't see them being criminally liable for anything here. But as Mike said, uh, you know, as technology improves, as uh, we can institute more and more laws to curtail this, I think it's incumbent upon, you know, the, the telecommunications providers to really kind of put their foot forward and, and get on the cutting edge of, of trying to, to eliminate this. I second that. I think that that's where we need to go with this. There are currently, and I get it, the, the argument from the telecommunication companies are is that they don't want to start picking who gets phone calls and who doesn't. If they start monitoring phone calls and saying this is a scam call, it may infringe on people's rights, and that's their, their argument. Uh, here, what what I would say is when somebody uses a robo dialing machine, which is really a computer program, it spikes up on the on the telecommunication lines and you can see the difference uh, on that. So that's where you need to go is where those spikes happen, where they come into the United States, because the robo dialer will enter through one of the, the ports, whether it's Maine or, or California, um, and then it spreads out across the United States. That's where they, they need to focus, I think. So, you know, when you puzzle through all this, at the, 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 at the end of the day, between the telecom companies and the people who offer, um, you know, internet providers and people like Google, without them, these people are out of business. I mean, you'll be getting everything through the mail, but when you get it through the mail, at least you have a chance to stop and think about it and react to it and, and just discard it. But this, all the technology makes it immediate for these people. And do you have the good scammers, the guys with the golden tongues, get on the phone and, and take your money away from you? Well said. You're right. So that's, that's true. exactly that's true. Right. With this move to uh, make the telecoms get involved in this, is this a, is a nationwide thing? Yes. It's, it's, and I think that's the only way that we're going to get, get to this. And it's a collective effort by all 50 states, the attorney generals, uh, of all 50 states to to take action. So yes, it's a, and that's why I'm optimistic. Before it was about legislation and uh, you know that whole process. And with all the other problems that we have going on in the world in the past couple of years, there was like zero focus on on problems of scam phone calls and that. And it's it's picking back up again. And I do see some light from this recent movement that I'm hopeful for, which is different than the movement we've had in the past, because it's collectively the states all together, not a Washington, D.C. thing. Let's keep our fingers crossed Absolutely. about this. And, and you know, you'll come back on and give us updates on this as it occurs. Huh? Sure. Okay. Well, you a lot of great information about those scams because they, they're, they're never going to end. That's the way I look at it. They're never going to end. If somebody wants your money, they're going to try every attempt to do it. So just listen to these guys. They're great. And just whatever they say, I would say definitely do that with, with knowing what you're lo- going into when you get one of these scams that are coming in. Because I keep looking at my email that I was recording here, and it's some of these credit cards, when they say we have an issue with the credit card, which I know I don't, but it's great advice to go to your credit card. Do not respond off the link off an email. That's probably one of the worst things. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Is the FBI, because a lot of the state's got to be, a lot of the stuff has got to be interstate stuff, except the stuff that's coming from offshore. Is the FBI ever involved in it? Do they track this stuff? Do they monitor it? They do. The the FBI actually, and and this is a good point, if you do receive some type of scam, you want to report it. The FBI actually has a website that you can go to. It's uh, www.ic3.gov. And you can file a complaint, and that will go directly to the Federal Bureau of Investigation Internet Crime Complaint Center. Um, They maintain a database, and they look at these things on a national level to try to make some headway and connect the dots across the 50 states as to where these things are happening and where they're being perpetrated from. Am I correct in assuming that a lot of the stuff is interstate? Yes, I, I, I think it's international and interstate for a lot of this stuff, so yes. So it, it would be an FBI matter then. It could be an FBI matter if it's interstate. Yeah, this is Absolutely. a small thing we're talking about. This yeah. is pretty big. Yeah. I'll tell you about another one that, I, that just happened to me. I took out a promotional website, long story short, a couple, um, oh, years ago. Okay, 10 years, more than 10 years ago. I keep getting billed on my credit card, my Marcus Press for this thing. And I let it go because I was going to try to sell the trademark and the, and the URL. Let it go for a while. But it turns out we've got about five years where these people were billing me, and I talked to them last week. The website was taken over by another provider. So I said, let me get this straight. You've been billing me $21.95 
for actually like 14 years now. And for about seven of those years, you haven't been providing any service. She says, that's correct. It's up to you to use the service. (laughs) Isn't it up to you to let me know that you're not handling us anymore? So then I said, by the way, by your accent, I think you're in another country, aren't you? And I said, where are you? Bulgaria. So I said, good luck with that. That's not happening, right? Bulgaria, where are you going to tell you going to track these people down? So I just, I just canceled it on my credit card. But it's, is that is that a widespread thing? I wouldn't think so. I was just lucky enough to fall yeah. into it. Well, if it's what I think you're talking about, it's it's these small little bills that people get on their credit cards that that re, every month. I mean, that's that's a, another scam that happens that people sometimes sign up for things and they they may not understand all the terms and their credit. If they share their credit card information, they'll get like a monthly bill of two dollars, the magazine subscription stuff, three dollars. However, that adds up over time and all the people that they do it to. That's why it's oh so important to look at your credit card bill before you pay the bill for any charges that are not yours or ones that you want to dispute. But yeah, unfortunately, those little charges on I read that though monthly on credit card bills are a fairly common problem, I would say. Well, uh, American Express, fortunately, is pretty good at that. You know, you call them up and you dispute it and you say, I don't want this merchant to have any access to my, she says, well, do you have a contract with him? I said, apparently not. I mean, it's go, what, been going on for years. They haven't told me that they're not doing what I asked them to do for at least five years. I mean, <laughs> well, you're opening yourself right now because this is going all over the world, this, this conversation. So they're going to be calling you going, Hey, listen, you know, do you want to do us a URL or any medical stuff? <laughs> hopefully, gonna... hopefully not. Hopefully that. So hopefully everybody's learning from this to really be careful and be cautious on what you're getting into. Well, I think we've just talked about maybe 15 of them, a dozen to 15 of them. Are there any other mail scams or uh, email scams that our listeners should know about that we haven't talked about? Well, there's one that's come up very uh, recently uh, here in Bucks County. And uh, um, there's been, uh, we put this out in the media a bit. Um, what it is, is people are receiving emails, I believe. It might be coming through the mail too, but essentially uh, they were receiving fake arrest warrants or bench warrants they appear to be legitimate it looks like they contain the signature of a judge it looks like they're issued by uh, the sheriff's office but ultimately what these scammers are trying to get is of course money which is not something that the court system would be looking for on a bench warrant or a a warrant of arrest ultimately trying to solicit people to uh, apply for gift cards and transfer those gift cards and uh, it's frightening when you get this email or, or mail that looks like you have a warrant for you. But the key is, again, take a step back. Do not fall for anything, even something that looks like a legitimate legal document before you verify its authenticity. You can call into the sheriff's office and verify whether there's a, a warrant or not for you. Warrants are for the arrest of the person. You're supposed to turn yourself in, uh, appear before a judge, but it's, and there's never going to be an agency the sheriff's office or otherwise, that's looking to get money from you directly. And and we've been seeing these these mailings going out with legitimate names of judges, uh, sitting judges uh, on them uh, to people uh, all over Bucks County. Would the judge himself have some sort of um, uh, action against this person if they get caught? Well, uh, potentially. I mean, uh, it, it, it would be, it, it's certainly uh, a number of, of different criminal offenses to use that judge's signature and that judge's name. That judge's signature or electronic signature is very easy to obtain because there are numerous publicly filed documents with uh, judges' uh, signatures and names on them. So it's not hard uh, for these scammers to do this, but it's 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 certainly uh, uh, an offense not just against um, the public and the people they're trying to be scammed, but also, uh, you know, do, judicial system, the court system. Here's one that I personally uh, am, am frightened about, and it's the um, title scam, where people can latch right. onto your title and you don't, you don't own your own house anymore. Is that prevalent in this part of the world? You know, that is a problem. We don't see it happen very often. I've only personally seen one case in Bucks County in, in my years here where I think that's what happened. Um, however, we do have a very unique, and I'm glad you brought that up, 
great thing in Bucks County. The Recorder of Deeds office here in yes. Bucks County has on their website uh, where you can sign up and what they call a fraud alert. That means if anybody messes with your deed or you do anything with your deed, a lien is put on, you refinance, they send you a message via, you know, however you set it up. Uh, and it works great. It's a free service. I think everybody in Bucks County should should use it. Yes. I uh, signed up for it myself, and I also did some refinancing. I forgot about it, and they sent me a text message because it changed the terms on, on my deed. And so I know it works. It's a great service by the Bucks County Recorder of Deeds. You just need to go to the website at buckscounty.gov and sign up if you're a Bucks County resident. That's great. I'm signed up as well, and, yeah. and uh, it's free. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just uh, maybe five or ten minutes to, to fill out the form. It's a, it's a great service. And it gives it, you peace of mind. You know what? I have home title lock, which is not inexpensive. Yeah. You got it. We yes, both got see, it for free for a year, but now I'm paying for it. So this is this is absolutely free. Yeah. Yeah, it does exactly the same thing, uh, except you don't have if if and, and I wouldn't expect that your title gets stolen, but you don't have the financial support that I think uh, Title Lock gives you. Not that I, I'm a fan of that. I think you should sign up for this. If you're a Bucks County resident, you should be signed up for the free site at the Recorder of Deeds page. Mike, if you're a Bucks County resident and you have, well, I have one rental property in Bucks County, but another one in Philly. Would the rental property in Bucks County be covered too? Yeah, I think if it's deeded to you, any property that has a deed, you and you're the owner of that deed, you can sign up for it. Is so that, I could I could just take the home title lock on the Philadelphia property there. That's probably true. Yes, this is, yeah, great, right. this so is, that's this probably is absolutely great, great advice, super mm. advice. I didn't know it existed. Right. On the scamometer, is Pennsylvania high or low volume scam state? A good question. We're regionally a, a very strange. I'd say we're somewhere in the middle of the road. <laughs> is, is where I'd put us. You know the. Very populated states probably carry the burden of this, but we're in the middle someplace, I think. Which states in the country are targeted the most by both domestic and offshore scammers? I would think the ones with big populations or big senior populations. Florida's got to be one of those states, right? Yes. And, and, and you know what? That's it. Yeah, certainly Florida has its share of issues down there. They do have a, a pretty aggressive program, or they have, history has it, uh, for tackling these kind of issues for seniors. They have pretty strong consumer protection laws in place uh, to help, but they certainly do get targeted. I would probably think Florida would be the top of the list. I'm going to guess, but that's just a guess on my part. Okay. Thanks for a lot of your guidance here. Uh, there's some stuff that I had no clue about, and Kevin's shaking his head with the same thing. And I'm going to make just a brief announcement here. We're going to, going forward, we're going to be working with Mike and Mark to derive local information and putting it into our show on a, on a monthly basis, right? And then inviting people from across the country. So stay tuned for that. There'll be more information. We're working out the details on that. So thanks for listening today. And I hope this was helpful to you. It was certainly helpful to me and Kevin and me, shaking yeah, his absolutely. head too. Hey Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufacturing, stone and metal roofing products made with latest technology and honest old world craftsmanship the Provia way that's this week's podcast your valuable home comes to you every week on the new pod city podcast network apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories if you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story email me at kevin at your that's kevin at your and don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 